Live from the Pacific Northwest, it's Portland Story Theater's Urban Tellers. Real. True. Stories. May the narrative be with you. When my brother was a baby, I dropped him on his head. Twice. (laughs) Once was when I was um, playing house on a platform at our two-story farmhouse. And I dropped him about eight to ten feet to the bottom of the stairwell where our mother must have heard the thud and came running, snatched him up and took him outside because it had knocked the breath out of him. The second time was when I was riding in a ditch near our farmhouse in Wisconsin. And he was in the basket and he fell out of the basket, hit his head on a rock and I took him back to our mother, bleeding. As adults, my brother and I would banter back and forth politically. He would send me Obama cartoons and jokes, all in good fun. Our father was a Democrat, and I found myself wondering if my dropping my brother on his head as a baby contributed to the fact that he became a Republican. (laughs) I was worried about my brother when he was growing up through elementary school and middle school and partway through high school because he was so short. And he was at best five feet. But then he became a sophomore, a junior, and he shot up to six feet, the tallest one in the family, while I remain the shortest. Small details keep running through my head. I called my brother a few years ago because I was working on a recipe book. And I called him for a recipe. And he reminded me of how I used to stand at the stove with my mother. And he would make the scrambled egg concoction and throw all kinds of miscellaneous stuff in. And my mother would stare at the frying pan and look up at my brother and ask, what kind of crap is that? (laughs) And so my brother, appropriately enough, called the recipe crapola. (laughs) I remember him telling me and laughing. I watched my brother grow up, graduate, and move away. He um, moved to Santa Barbara where he joined the Coast Guard and then he um, joined a search and rescue team and volunteered at animal shelters and got married. This Wisconsin farm boy who actually grew up along the rivers and mountains of southwestern Montana settled and built a life in Santa Barbara, California, which to me is like a hood river on steroids. (laughs) You have to drive the right car, you have to wear the right clothes, you have to have the right address. Mm -hmm. I did not know, I was not aware, that my brother was struggling to sustain an image that was so different from who he was, from his roots, from his family, from me. But he pulled it off for over 30 years, until this past January when he lost his job, and a year before that, he was divorced. But his Facebook posts showed a cheery demeanor, him walking on Handry's Beach in California with his beloved dogs. The sun rises, the sun sets. I texted my brother in April. I was taking a trip to California and I said, hey, I would love to see you. He said, now is not a good time. I said, Jimmy, 
your life does not have to be perfect for me to visit. And he said, no, no, I'm going through something. Now is not a good time. And so I did not go. That month, my brother bought a gun. In late August, his ex-wife, Marilyn, called. And she said abruptly and briefly, your brother committed suicide. And I said, what? What? She said, will you please call other family members? And so I called my younger brother, Pat, and I said, Jimmy, Jimmy committed suicide. And he said, what? And I called my younger sister, Sherry, very close to Jimmy. And I told her the news, and she did not say what. She said, oh no, oh no. And the sound of her crying haunts me. Now we wanted to protect our mother who was living alone in a cottage in Wisconsin. And so we agreed not to call her, but Jimmy's ex-wife Marilyn beat us to the punch and called her and I remember thinking, bitch. <laughs> But she is not a bitch. She isn't. She's lovely. I was just looking for someone to blame. And as it turns out, my mother is strong. Later she would say of my brother, oh, how I'd like to spank him. <laughs> At my brother's funeral, a close friend of his flew his plane to Bozeman, Montana for the service. And he stood at the podium and he said, I feel fooled. And I thought, yes, that's exactly how I feel. All of my brother's friends looked up to him. The whole family looked up to him. We all had him on a pedestal. But there were waters under that pedestal that he could not navigate, and he could not navigate them because he could not reach out to anyone. Everyone was too busy looking up to him. One woman at the funeral even telling me he was her standard of excellence. He was the kind of person who would pay for your toll and think nothing of it and tell no one. He would pay for your dinner anonymously at a restaurant whether he knew you or not. I might have expected suicide from a couple of other family members, <laughs> but not Jim, not Jim. When someone dies of a heart attack or cancer or something, we say, oh, I am so sorry, and all death is so difficult. Yet suicide carries with it a despair and a hopelessness and a violence it is the wound that does not heal. It just hardens like scar tissue. I roll the word suicide around in my mouth and I try to feel it with my body. But the image of my tall, handsome brother in a body bag assaults me. There isn't a day that goes by that I am not paralyzed by the, um, the visual of my brother putting the Ruger pistol in his mouth and the 49ers cap he was wearing shattered like confetti on the floor. He wasn't even a 49ers fan, he was a Packers fan. <laughs> it turns out that cap is his girlfriend's cap. And initially I thought, 
If someone I loved wore my cap to blow their brains out, I think they were a little mad at me. But I was just looking for someone to blame. I was just looking for someone to explain. It turns out in his notes, he said he loved her. And that damn cap was a tribute. When my brother was a toddler, we lived in northern Wisconsin, and he would ride his tricycle down the long pier and off the pier straight into Lake Couturet, and he would sit at the bottom of the lake on his tricycle until someone came to pull him out. <laughs> but there was no Ariadne thread this time. As his only child would say, it's so final. I lost a witness to my family, to my life, to my story. He was our family's golden boy, the baby in the family, my doll baby. And I keep waiting for someone to tell me this is not so. It might sound like a cliche, but I see him everywhere. I see him walking down Oak Street or coming out of Rosars. But when I sat at the Rockinar Bar in Bozeman, Montana, the night before his funeral, watching the Seahawks beat the Packers, his friendly, comfortable banter was absent. And so when the Packers lost, I drove my car up to the Gallatin River near our family home and slept along its banks and listened to the sound of the waters that we grew up with. And when we spread his ashes next summer at the top of Sphinx Mountain near Ennis, Montana, a place dear to my family, the riddle of his suicide will be with me. This August, my daughter had a baby, a beautiful, gorgeous baby boy. And so while she was nesting and gathering things for her new life and her new baby, my brother was giving everything away. Until by the time he bought the Ruger pistol, everything was gone. We did not know. So at 7 o'clock in the morning when my daughter has her little blessing, at 7 o'clock in the evening, a week later, my brother is gone. And I feel stuck between grief and disbelief because everything about him was real and vivid and relevant. And I feel fooled. In the notes he left, he said, I don't want to do this, and he underlined don't. He said, I want to live, and he underlined live. He was without hope, and that's the first sign. He lost his marriage, he lost his job, and his sense of belonging shook. And that's the second sign. But it takes the third sign to commit the act of suicide. My brother was a risk taker. He had the trait of courage, and that made it possible. By his act of suicide, he gave me permission. If life gets too hard, it's okay. It's okay. 
I used to think it takes a lot of courage to stay, but now I also think it takes guts to leave. And I 